0: Greetings, EMDR colleagues and friends. Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant in my office in San Jose, California. And y'all, I'm like, I'm excited today. (laughs) Um, Because in my seat where I sit, I get to meet so many cool people, so many cool people in our community who are. diversifying their offerings with EMDR intensives, working as adjunct uh, intensive therapists, uh, creative pa- creating passive income, like doing all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, and I get to work with them and talk to them. And I just think it's such a cool uh, job. I get to do this as part of my everyday work life. And I thought, you know, I feel like the things I'm hearing and learning about in these conversations with these very cool colleagues Are things that all of us should be exposed to. And so I have decided to do some spotlight uh, podcasts for um, all of you to hear what your colleagues are up to when it comes to thinking like a zero disturbance EMDR business owner, uh, a zero disturbance EMDR clinician to help you figure out what are folks doing clinically that's really interesting and in helping people? What are folks doing with their businesses? Because it's one thing for me to come on here and tell y'all what I'm doing and tell you about some ideas, but it's another thing for you to actually hear it and see it and feel it and believe in it and believe in yourself. My, my hope is that you can feel inspired to hear other people's experiences and say, well, gosh, if this person can do this, then so can I. Okay, because that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to lift each other up, build each other up, because um, y'all EMDR therapists are going to be, we're going to be needed for a long time after this pandemic. And I have to say, you know, for those of us that are in the weekly model, that's not wrong. If it works for you, do it. More power to you. And for those of us that are like, I need something different, this is, this is a, th- a place to check out um, how you might do that with other people's stories. So, the first person I'm gonna be spotlighting, um, Tony Parmenter, he is a CIT in Vermont. Tony is just a cool guy. Like, he's just a guy that I would like hang out with. Um, You know, we're both from from Michigan, he's also a parent of young kids. Um, He also trained at the Parnell Institute, so he's very familiar with like attachment-focused EMDR. Um, And he's a veteran. Um and so you know y'all know I'm I'm a wife of a marine veteran so I'm um, not only am I grateful to Tony for his service and his sacrifice for our country but he is um, had you know so many experiences supporting veterans um, with PTSD and stress management techniques. Um, he plays music. <laughs> he's got a bicultural family. He's just a cool guy. He's a really cool guy. So in today's episode, we are going to be having a conversation with Tony to learn more about what he's up to. And if you're someone who wants to connect with Tony, either as a client. For an EMDR intensive um, or if you're somebody who wants to hang out with Tony in uh, consultation as his consultee all of that information will be available to you um, on the screen at the end of this episode so let's check out the conversation I hope you enjoy it yeah it was kind of a no-brainer to have you on um, because obviously you have your experience with EMDR intensives you've created this really unique Uh, brand for your intensive program right with the fly fishing Um, and I just I have to ask to kick off you know tell us about how you combined fly fishing and EMDR like what what did that process look like for you
1: well um, so first I want to say is I I, when I was trained in EMDR like the one reason why I loved it so much is I, I feel as a creative therapist experiential therapist loving to do things I felt like I could integrate most things I love with it, and um, when the pandemic happened and we were all stuck inside, I, the first thing that came up to my mind was like, "Wow!" When I was fly fishing, you know, a few years prior with this treatment program that I worked with, it was really it was really great. I I felt lots of freedom, so I went out and bought fly fishing equipment and just you know, as the pandemic was getting crazy, spent more and more time outside. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, wow, I'm doing BLS. <laughs> As I'm fly fishing.
0: It's like right, and right in so to, the whole time, there it is. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and so it just, to me, it felt like a no-brainer and I looked around and I realized there's, you know, there's a lot of therapeutic fly fishing programs out there, a lot for veterans, Project Healing Waters is a really well-known one. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in in my own experience with the program that I worked with, and also with all these other ones, you're really just doing fly fishing. There was no integration with any kind of therapeutic modality, other than maybe knowing that you can do it mindfully. Um, And especially, you know, the program I was working in some years ago was for veterans and first responders, you know, most people struggling with PTSD. No evidence-based protocol or treatment for PTSD except, you know, just doing fly fishing. And so I thought this is a nice opportunity to bring two things together that are really that that work really well together that I love to do, and just to see how it works. And um, so it ended up writing an article with the protocol in it. And as I was doing that, realized there's really actually, as far as I could tell, no evidence-based nature-based protocols out there no one integrating in a formal way anyway something in nature with uh, EMDR or you know any of the other evidence-based protocols for trauma so anyway um, I guess that it was it was as simple as that you know I realized I can do two things that I love at the same time why not pull it together for other people to know
0: I love this for so many reasons I love that it's Client centered, it's clinician centered. I mean, you you love fly fishing, you love being outside. So I imagine that you are in your kind of best self, fullest potential Tony, <laughs> right? When you're in that space. And we talk a lot about resourcing in EMDR, yeah. right? And I and I obviously had never tried fly fishing EMDR. If I'm ever in Vermont, I will come do that with you. Um, uh-huh. but I imagine that having that resource of being outside. With a therapist doing a resourcing activity, like doing your own BLS, <laughs> that's yeah. gonna be so powerful. So to combine yeah. the the trauma work and the resourcing all in that very experiential activity. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, if any if you're outdoors at all and you're connecting to it, you're using your five senses. And I think that's when we're doing resourcing in EMDR, we want people to be doing that with whatever they're. Bringing into their, you know, to their to their experience for their resource, and if you're developing a connection to the outdoors and it's a safe place for you, that's somewhere you can go back to in your mind, in your body, anytime, um, or you can go there physically, and it's a healing experience maybe for you. Um, yeah, so you know, you, it's great. You can do. I mean, EMDR. You can do that with anything. You can use any experiential activity as a resource. For me, it works really well and feels great to be outside. The people that I know that like this model, same for them. So, beautiful, yeah. So cool.
0: I love it. Um, And congrats on your publication. If folks want to read that or check that out, where can they find that to learn more?
1: So it's it's coming out in January in the Journal of Military and Veterans Health, which is the publication for the uh, Australia... Uh, Australasian Military Medical Association in Australia. Um, so it'll be out then. Um, and if they say it's okay when they get it all together, I'll try to put it on ResearchGate before then so people can find it.
0: Beautiful, Very, yeah. very cool. I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm imagining you know, there is so much opportunity, right? For folks to do what you've done, which is to identify an outdoor activity where there's some kind of natural BLS, occurring or or could be created right so so I'm hoping that as folks listen to you talk about that they're feeling inspired to think about right what kind of unique spin or unique brand could I think about for my own EMDR practice or my own EMDR intensive program because it sounds like there's not a lot out there in your research I mean this is this is kind of a evolving space for us
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the more that I talk to people, you know, people will say, well, yeah, well, I I go kayaking with my clients and the rowing is BLS or I go hiking and the walking is so people are doing it. But I I think as far as branding goes, if you love doing what you do, you can just make it yours and, and let people know about it. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Um, Well, obviously, the world is a a rough place right now. And I know that as EMDR clinicians, we're all experiencing a lot of demand uh, for clients for EMDR services. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the EMDR clinician community has had to make a lot of adjustments, you know, going virtual in a lot of spaces on different phases of COVID um having to also just kind of cut back and modify our own practice schedules and our own lifestyles given the demands put on us with our families in covid and things like that um, and so it's been really cool to see all these emdr therapists either wanting to do emdr intensives or you know just starting to do emdr intensives in their practice as a different model mm-hmm. right that can serve both the client and the clinician in terms of of lifestyle and effective treatment mm-hmm. And, you know, part of my mission is to make sure that that feels really accessible and easy for people in our community to be able to do that, to be able to set that up. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you would mind sharing just in your experience of um, setting up your own intensive program in your practice in Vermont, what, what's it been like for you? What's, what's felt easy for you? What's felt challenging for you?
1: Well, the easy part was just making space in my schedule for it. Um, When I started doing them, I was working full-time for an agency and doing my private practice because I had never taken any time off in COVID. I had lots of sick and vacation time to take. So I just planned ahead. I'm gonna take every Monday off for the next few months. I'll leave it open. And if people want to do the intensive, I'll schedule it then. If they don't, I'll go fishing or I'll spend time with my kids or I'll do something great. And it just so happened that, um, the very last day of my last Monday client, I scheduled my first on the phone with someone else. I scheduled my first intensive and, um, that person I see every few months, um, People come and some people it's a one-off, some people it's rolling also every few months. But I think that what helped me the most was just making space and finding freedom for that. And um, rather than having to juggle things around, the challenging part has been, you know, finding a way to help people pay for it um, because not everyone has the means to pay out of pocket. Um, So I have been able to find a way to to help insurance pay for a half-day intensive Sometimes it doesn't need a pre-off. Sometimes it does. And so that's, that's the tricky part is, is, you know, finding a way to get people who can pay for it or, you know, have means of making it work because not everyone has health insurance either. Right. Um, but some people really are, are open to finding creative ways of doing it. And um, I've, there's also a lot of other people that are doing intensives in different ways. I do them my way. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have intensive for five days a week, and that works better for people's schedules.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I, I guess for me, the the thing that's still challenging is is finding people who are willing to do it in my way. But I if if it doesn't work for people, that's fine with me. There's a lot of other folks, and I, I don't mind pointing them in the direction of other folks that I know who do intensives either.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm listening to you, and I'm really appreciating that you have made your intensive program work for you right for your schedule Mm -hmm. for your lifestyle um you've integrated something that gives you passion with the fly fishing um Mm -hmm. and i I think that's true i I think that you know before people had this idea of an intensive having to be a certain way right like like one of the things i'm trying to work on is helping people translate research to practice and helping people understand that they can customize (laughs) these kind of you know research theoretical uh, findings and customize them to actually work for our actual life in COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that you have just said, you know, this is what works for me. I'm available on Mondays. And if, if people don't come, I'm going to go fishing or hang out with my kids, right? It's yeah. it's a win-win. Um, yeah. It sounds like you've been pretty busy with Intensive. It sounds like you've been pretty booked up with those.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> So I so I, I I ended my my agency job in August to just do full time private practice. My wife is going to be going to school soon, also to, for counseling. Love it. Um, so we'll, we're going to be that household, you know, with two we therapists.
0: Yeah, saving the <laughs> yeah. world. I love
1: it. <laughs> yeah. And so the plan was, okay, I'll take I'll, Monday will be off and Friday will be off for me, so I can you know be with the kids or do something, and you can study. But every Monday so far has been full with intensives. And so, so I'm getting I'm getting reminded about that, and so I'm, I may have to retool my uh, my intensive schedule pretty soon. But you know, um, the people really want to do this kind of work, and I think it fits better with a lot of people's lifestyles than doing weekly therapy, especially professional folks. Um, but also, just um, I think the word is out there also about how much how powerful just spending a few hours. In a session can be versus coming back week to week and trying to do EMDR therapy. So if people are really looking for this kind of approach. I do a lot of my intensives online too. You know,
0: okay. So you're offering uh, virtual and the fly fishing as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: fantastic. That's yeah. so great. And it sounds like you're seeing the effectiveness with clients having that dedicated space to to see improvements. Um, and you're right. I mean, in our community, folks are talking about this that they're also seeing their clients get better faster, which I think, you know, if there's one thing we can do in a pandemic (laughs) to feel like we have some control or agency um, or something to give, I think this is a really beautiful service to be able to offer this in a practice. Um, And I appreciate you talking about how you transition because I think that's one of the roadblocks for folks is like, okay, how do I actually start doing that? Because I'm completely full with my full-time job, or my, you know, I have too many clients, too many weekly yeah. clients.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I think it was helpful to have a vision of some kind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a place that I wanted to go with it, and I think that might be helpful in in designing intensives. You know, as you're making space, kind of knowing what you want that to look like five months down the road.
0: Beautiful. Okay, so Tony, if you could give advice to somebody who is about to start doing EMDR intensives in their practice, if they're thinking about it, like imagining it, what advice would you want to give them?
1: Yeah. Well, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with just doing it, just trying and seeing what works for you. Um, I feel like that's a lot of what I do as a therapist, and maybe most of us do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I really found it helpful. I was thinking for a number of years uh, or not a number of years. Um, I was thinking as long as I was doing EMDR, that it would be really nice to do this yeah. over a longer period of time. And I found yeah. your content and it really helped. So I think that searching out there for what can help you at least align what you're doing with something that is workable for other people. It can give you more confidence, give you some tools, um, you know there's this good your training is good and i hope that people can find something that works for them in the beginning as they're searching and so i guess that's what i do with my consultees who are interested Mm. i'll show them a few different options
0: i love that i love that people get i love that we as clinicians get to have choices about who we want to learn from and what we want to learn and how we want to um customize Uh, different protocols and formats and programs to make it ours. And I think that's one of the really interesting things that's happening with EMDR right now, right? Because EMDR is only 30 years old, right? EMDR is so young. Um, And it's incredible to see the evolution of like how it continues to creatively change and flex um, and and allowing us to utilize it more as clinicians, but also allowing more clients to access it in a way that makes sense for them.
1: Yeah. You know, EMDR is great for integrative therapists and we should be integrating ourselves as much as possible. I love that. mean that's a good way to see that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about branding, about how you were able to identify something that you love and how you've incorporated that into your practice, into your intensive program. Um, what advice do you have for folks about making the intensive program theirs? If if they were imagining, I'm gonna start doing intensives, right? What are kind of some variables that you'd want them to to hold or think about when trying to make it um, authentically theirs?
1: That's a good question. Um, That's a hard question for me to answer because I live in a rural area where um, I can't just say, I work with this population and I'm that's all I'm going to work with. I'm, I'm used to being a generalist. But um, I, I think if your intensives are going to be uh, successful, they're, they're going to have to be fun and interesting for you. Yeah. So, you know, definitely put your interests first in that. And you can work with anybody who does who has any kind of goal as long as you're comfortable with that. But you know, I'd say seek the kind of client you want, the kind of thing you feel you're good at, and where you want to grow, um, and and leave it at that. And your niche isn't going to be there when you start; it's probably going to form as you start doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fantastic advice, and I, you know, I have to say that um, you know people have gotten the intensive design kit um, in different countries and different states, and it's been really cool to hear about people who have implemented like. Um, kind of, you know, in uh, almost like tourist destination places had they've created almost like a retreat, right? So you, so you come uh-huh. to the beach in Southern California and you have this beautiful space with massage and then you also have your EMDR on the beach, right? Um, so it's been really cool for me to hear about how people have taken this idea of an intensive program and, and made it theirs. And I think that you're right, that people need to feel, um passionate, they need to feel engaged, they need to feel like their kind of best self or their fullest potential clinician doing an intensive, because it is more time, right? And I know some clinicians will go eight hour days, right? I don't do that. I don't do more than four hours in person. I don't do more than a couple hours virtually. Um, but you know, you have to put yourself in a place of flow, I think, for this to be effective, because it is high value service and it's and it does take energy in a different way for the clinician
1: yeah 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 it needs that's the thing that i learned the most um in 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 my private practice but intensives helped me really plug into this is that it has to feed me no matter what um i can't be doing doing something grueling if i want to do something grueling i know where to go work um (laughs) <laughs> you know this, if, if, if this is going to be the best for the people I work with I have to really love it and I have to feel like when I go home I want to uh, you know I don't feel dead I feel alive and so yeah that's how I've designed it for myself and that's how I operate
0: I love that and I I think that message right now is so important for our community because we have been you know in this um trauma therapist role with this pandemic for so long right and to really give our community permission to consider ourselves as part of the equation and what we're doing in terms of designing our services and our practices i I love that we're talking about that and i hope people listen to that and take that permission and spread it around (laughs) because it really is i think one of the ways we're going to sustain as a community through this yeah yeah Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I love hanging out with you and talking with you. I, I appreciate the time. Um, if potential clients want to come do an intensive with you or a consultee wants to come learn from you, how can folks contact you or find you?
1: Yeah, well, I, I have a, my website is probably the easiest way. Um, say you institute.com. And I have a onlineemdr.org forwards to it. So that's easier for most people to remember from the start. Um, I'm on Psychology Today, Um, but I would say probably the website is easy. I have an Instagram page. No one really has said they found me that way, but um, you can look up uh, Seiyu I-H-T, S-E-I-Y-U I-H-T on Instagram and there's some natural Things that I post, pictures of nature and whatever. It's very soothing <laughs> but, um,
0: to follow you on Instagram. It's very soothing <laughs> to see. Oh, your- thanks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but the the website's probably the easiest way, and the easiest way for people to find that is online, Um, I have a profile on MDria. Um, I have a profile on the Parnell Institute's website. Um, if you Google Tony Parmenter, you'll find some way to reach me. Yeah.
0: Um, beautiful, and we'll we'll put all your info. let um, me post this video. We'll put all your info up for folks to try to find you.
1: Very fun. thanks. All
0: right. Well, thanks for hanging with me. It's good to to visit with you and learn about your experiences with intensives.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's always fun to talk to you. I just appreciate you making time and wanting me to be here. Absolutely.
0: Again, I want to say a big thank you to Tony Parmenter for hanging out with me and talking about how he has integrated therapeutic fly fishing with EMDR and more about his uh, EMDR intensive journey. Like I said at the beginning, all of Tony's contact information will be available for you if you'd like to work with him, either as a client or an EMDR consultee. So y'all thanks for hanging with us during this kind of special spotlight episode if you are somebody who has designed your practice a little differently maybe you bought one of uh, our emdr intensive design kit maybe you've gotten the practice design kit whatever zero disturbance experience you've had if you are like I wanna share this, maybe it wasn't pretty, (laughs) the transition, whatever it is, whatever you've created, whatever you're creating, I would love to get a chance to talk with you about your journey, what you've learned, in the hopes that we can together, uh, educate and inspire our community. So if you're interested in being on our spotlight podcast, you are welcome to contact me, cambria at cambriaevans.com. And y'all in the meantime, please stay safe, stay healthy. I hope you have something fun to look forward to coming up. And, uh, as always, I'm rooting for your success. See you next time.